Why don't you take your lively chubby ass and get the fuck off my car? Starting to get scared. Starting to get scared. Welcome back to Steven Destroy, the podcast we love to do. We're watching every Steven Seagal movie, so you don't have to. I am James. And I'm Dylan. Uh, yes. And uh, this week we're talking Belly of the Beast from the end of 2003, directed by... I'm, I'm going to mess it up, and I feel bad about it, but uh, Siu Tung Ching? Yeah, I think you did your best. I think. Oh, I, there's no question. I did my best. Yeah, it's a valiant effort. Um, it's we're just back. It's just the exact same thing that we. <laughs> what do you mean? Sorry. Uh, I had some tea fall off my fridge. Um, um, that's why I gasped. A classic. Anyway, a classic Steven Destroy bit. Well, I don't know why it would have fallen, but regardless, um. What do you mean? What do I mean? It's just the same thing. It's just the same thing we've been doing well, for what yeah. feels like eternity. Yeah, for sure. No doubt about that. Uh, Belly of the Beast, basically. Steven used to be in the CIA. I couldn't he, believe that. <laughs> he uh, retires. And then his daughter, who is friends with a senator's daughter. That was someone that, that one threw me over the edge, man. That's when you you add in the cheer sound effects and stuff and yeah, the fireworks or bring up that there's a senator. The that, senator's back. That's when this elevated to a, a regular Steven Seagal movie to every Steven Seagal movie. This it, it was a very special moment when a senator got involved in this movie. Yeah, well they they get kidnapped and uh, Steven goes to find them. It's about it. He teams up with his old partner from when he was in the CIA. Uh, that's like the movie. <laughs> That's been our episode. Yep, there it is. Why don't you take your lively chubby ass and get the fuck off my car? I'm starting to get scared. I'm starting to get scared. Get the fuck out of here. We have a problem. Steven started ad libbing. I guess that means I won't get this. Nah, um, I, I just, I gotta say, I had a rough, I had a rough time with this one. It yeah. is uh, definitely, I think it's more of a movie than anything we've seen in the past few weeks. Sure. Um, but I, just, I, had a, I had a rough time with this one, my man. I, uh, I kind of hate Steven Seagal. Really? Yeah. You know, and I think, what makes, I think what makes Steven Destroy as a show, as an entity, stand out is um, how much we love to do the podcast. Yeah. It's, I think it's the the dedication, it's the love for it that we bring each episode that I think permeates through the sound waves every time. Every time one of us speaks, you know. I think the audience loves it because they know we love it. And they're just like, it's just two dudes. They're having a good time. They love to do the show. Every time they sit down to watch the movie, sit down to record, sit down to do the whole thing, they're just hyped. Mm-hmm. They're amped. Yep. They love it. They're glad they did it. It's the best part of their week. 
arguably. <laughs> um, okay, Steven, Steven Seagal, Belly right. of the Beast. I mean, what'd you beast. think? What'd you think? So, um, I'm of two minds about the movie. Um, obviously, uh, if if you were to ask me, hey, hey, Dylan, old buddy, old pal. Have you ever seen Steven Seagal's 2003 movie, Belly of the Beast? And I would say, yes, I have. And they would say, what do you think? I would say, that movie fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also laughed out loud maybe four times during this movie. Really? Yeah, and had to like stop it a couple of times. Not because I was laughing so hard, because I just... Sometimes... It's things we've seen before, but sometimes I see things in these movies that like make me stop in my tracks and like have to have to like double take and make sure i'm not going insane was it like all fight scene stuff well some of the fight scene stuff really the one that gets me is when steven uh goes to find his old partner who has become a monk mm-hmm. and every line of dialogue of his in that scene is overdubbed by somebody that sounds nothing like him okay see i also i i was it didn't strike me as quite as foreigner level but there were a couple times where I was a little, I was a little unsure. Yeah. Um, I I will say as a, a little disclaimer, I'm pretty sure that I think it, I it almost happened with the Glimmer Man. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure this is the first movie I have straight up fallen asleep during. <laughs> yeah. Like. Shut my eyes, opened them up, had no idea what was happening in the movie or how much time had passed, was surprised the movie was still on, like, conked out. Yeah. Um, did go back. Do not feel like I really necessarily missed any of the movie. Well, no. But, well, I mean, like, I, I went back to what I remembered seeing. Like, I, I didn't just <laughs> yeah accept that I had missed this chunk. But um, I did actually wake up and turn the movie off for good yesterday and then had just finished it today <laughs> um but it, i i gotta tell you man i feel like this might be the hardest one even though i will be like the front one to say that it's not as bad as uh like ticker like yeah or even like the foreign out for a kill it's definitely not as bad as but at least out for a kill was like insane yeah but, uh, I mean, it's just, aside from, like, the last 15 minutes, which I actively liked and was awed by, aside from, like, the last 10, 15 minutes, um, and, and let me rephrase that, I liked it in theory. Right. <laughs> I liked it in theory, not so much the execution, but aside from that, it was just every f- single thing about this movie was something we had seen before. Um a little transphobic. I don't think we'd gotten transphobia yet. Yeah, that's that was a new one in on the, our our yeah. uh, heinous Steven Seagal movie bingo cards. Yeah, so we put a little chip down on transphobia. That was new. That you know yeah. perked me up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, it, it is what it is. It, it's uh... is is this movie more or less transphobic than Ace Ventura? Um. As our noted Ace Ventura head. Yeah, Ace Ventura had a movie. Our, our a movie shitty, I haven't seen in over a decade. <laughs> where you're still, you're like our uh, our shitty 90s, early 2000s comedy. Yeah, I have um, seen expert. I have seen uh, a fair few of those uh, of those shitty 90s, early 2000s <laughs> comedy movies. Uh, I would say I I rank this movie as being 
more i th- I, I, I it's kind of hard to say because like the whole punchline of of ace ventura is is like you know rel- relatively transphobic uh but this movie really just has like the one scene uh that is just like abhorrently transphobic um I mean, the, Stephen's Stephen's it, one big big line in that scene is definitely worse than anything in Ace Ventura, if I remember correctly. I don't. I, I have not seen Ace Ventura. Yeah. Um. So I, I can't really speak on it. Yeah. But I will say that like the entire, um, element of this gender fluid person in this movie. Yeah. Seems to exist for the sole reason of giving Steven Seagal something transphobic to say well yeah um because it's one of the first times he's had like a one-liner in a long time uh, yeah and they really bring him back in a uh, a pretty weird and tasteless way in this movie uh uh for him to have a one-liner again i mean that's like the whole point of having that element really ultimately like that's all the movie does with it is let that really Seagal is say something offensive <laughs> that really is and, the only reason it's in yeah there. well steven says uh steven says a few really weird things in this movie um he says he something does. he says something at the nightclub early in this movie that i had to like rewind and like made sure i heard correctly um and then like try to put together like what i thought steven meant um I'm not sure I know what you're talking about. Oh my god! Unless is it when um he goes into the nightclub club and that dude's like chasing the woman? Yeah. He first meets that dude. Yeah. Well, so or he kicks yeah. that guy's ass. Yeah. So there he does. Um, the dude comes up chasing this woman, and Steven gets in the way, and he says, "What's your problem, Junior?" Yeah. And then the kid's like, "Hey, asshole! You calling me a junior?" And Steven says, well, you look like a junior. Is that what you're referring to? I am referring to that. Uh, uh, I, I will say that first line, though, uh, the uh, what's your problem, junior, is spoken by the, the anti-Steven. Okay. Um, I, try to I keep... think I might have been too sleepy yeah. to fully pick up on a lot of this. Yeah, because there was anti-Steven, I think, that, that spoke the first line. Yeah, and then Stephen really goes all out on his uh, third line of dialogue in that in that exchange that I like still don't know what that means. That's I, fair. Yeah, I just don't know what he was trying to say with the. Uh, y- you remember the next line, right? No. Oh well, he says, uh, "Go back to your own genetic puddle oh. and go for a swim, boy." <laughs> he does. That's true. Yeah. You're right. And I, uh, I really am. Uh, scratching my head at what steven meant by this um <laughs> it was a very weird uh, uh yeah line. maybe yeah. It, he's like go back to your your ooze yeah and I, maybe that's it because the dude had like really fucked up teeth like like they were like fucking black um so like maybe steven was like trying to make some sort of joke about that i i really don't know like again, i think he was yeah <laughs> it's a i mean I'm, i don't know if steven ad-libbed that I, I i assume maybe it was written but i i don't know who, who what anybody was trying to say with this line so um yeah that was one of the two uh uh head scratchers the other one the transphobic one's like pretty on the nose of course but um, yeah i'm i am curious what your what made you laugh because i i don't think i got any joy out of this movie um, i think i think that i really just played into 
I, I tried to have a little fun with this movie with, with how ridiculously formulaic it is for Steven, um, with how just like over the top, like every, uh, um, cliche of every Steven Seagal movie <laughs> through the first 20 weeks of this podcast is in this movie. Uh, so I just kind of had fun like with myself while I was writing my notes. Uh, like, like I was writing like in all caps, like, Oh God, there's a Senator too. Holy <laughs> shit. And then I wrote, Steven has been out of the game. I wrote like with periods between every letter out of the game for 10 fucking years. Like, I don't know. I was having fun. I was trying my best. Uh, no, I'm I'm sincerely happy for you. <laughs> yeah, there is. I I mean, you're right. There's a lot of stuff that you could like pull from every movie you've seen. Um, the the a, a big plot element is the illusion that there's been people kidnapped by terrorists to use as leverage to get prisoners released straight yeah. out of executive decision, and then yep. just like executive decision, that turns out to be a cover up. Mm-hmm. for a, a larger plan yep uh, obviously the senator i had a pretty similar exclamation similar <laughs> <Weird>. <laughs> i had a pretty senator oh <laughs> uh, god man this fucking movie yeah um it, it is it's just like cut and paste we're just taking elements from all these other steven seagal movies editing them together into a fan film and again aside from like the last 15 minutes um, which honestly, I'm just gonna fucking get to. We can work our way through this movie if we gotta, but I'm just gonna fucking get to the last like 15 minutes of this movie. Um, because at, at one point in the middle, Steven's fighting a dude, and this dude sees an old man kind of walking, <laughs> just sort of walking past, and uh, becomes utterly terrified by this old dude. And then the old dude's gone for like the rest of the movie. Yeah, he sure is. And then at the end, he just does some voodoo shit on Steven while Steven's doing the final fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it might be the most Steven has ever been in peril in these movies. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I was I was fascinated by that. It was like, just, I mean, to say it was a breath of fresh air to see Steven act like I actually genuinely was like, how is Steven going to get out of this one? Yeah. Which has happened a couple times but rarely and to be fair like all those other times the answer is oh well he's just gonna be tougher than the bad thing that's happening to him yeah but um this dude's like stabbing the voodoo doll with needles and steven's in pain and this dude's fighting him and getting one over on steven and i was kind of like how's you know and and actually you know it doesn't come down to steven because there's a whole bunch of monks who are doing some sort of chant like 20 of them and they're just doing some sort of chant that overpowers the voodoo guy yeah and i was i was i was into it i was locked in i was like this is (laughs) weird as shit oh my god it's so weird it is oh man and it's like genuinely weird too it's not like fucking like why do they call you crash because i've never crashed weird (laughs) it's just like genuinely odd out of the box what sort of like like from a completely other type of movie and i was into that because we haven't seen anything like that yet yeah and it it is such a nice change from everything else in this movie be it stuff that we've seen before um his old cia partner who i the thing that surprised me is that when the cia partner returned he was not like a bad guy 
Yeah. He yeah. just is Steven's friend and he's just Steven's friend through the whole movie. Um but we can we can go through it if you want. <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean look, there's only but so much to to go through in terms of like the step by step of it. Like we have kind of told you like what's what has occurred in this movie. Um I will say one other like like highlight <clears throat> uh I guess there's two highlights that I wanted to uh, to briefly mention some uh some something that you have said on this podcast and something that Nolan said on the podcast last week. Mm-hmm. The first thing Nolan, uh, uh, one of the first things he asked us is, is it common for there to be so many strippers in Steven Seagal yep. movies? And uh, we told him no. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I want to apologize on air to Nolan this week that uh, we did we did really re-up our subscription to strippers this mm-hmm. week. Are you going to say something I said last week? I don't know if it was last week, but it's been, it was recently regarding Steven and sex scenes. Yes, that was last week. I know. I have to make a, a formal public apology, <laughs> as I have um, totally cursed us. Yeah. And as someone who definitely believes in uh, some sort of universal resistentialism, I am floored by my arrogance that I would have made <laughs> such a such a sweeping statement yeah. and insisted that we would never see Steven fuck. Um, and... Well, I would still argue. <laughs> well, this is actually what I was going to argue, that you are kind of right in the sense that he does not take his clothes off. He does not take his clothes off. And he and I do believe that I could say very, with, with strong conviction, he never will. Yeah. There's a scene in this movie where he's trying to sleep, and my man is fully clothed. Yeah. He's, ha- he's supposed to be trying to sleep and having nightmares of his dead wife, and he is wearing his trademark jacket, long jacket, uh, he I, he will never take a shirt off, but it was still definitely a sex scene. Yeah. He's definitely making out with this woman pretty hard. It's definitely unpleasant, and I had very much felt like I had been um, hoisted by my own batard, as they say. Yeah, um, yeah, you really set us up for this one. I really did. I feel like now every movie for the rest of this entire <laughs> podcast is going to have some sort of weird unpleasant somewhat sexual even if it's like pg like this one was it it was still a bit much yeah and and this movie um this fe- this movie featured the like volcel steven that we've we've run into a few times throughout this series where there's some woman that like f- just like on impact just uh, as soon as uh, she meets him uh, just wants to fuck him and and steven is very dismissive throughout the first you know half of the movie yeah but and then he just immediate just an immediate left turn it's just like you know what never mind i'm into it yeah he, i think he tells her that she can uh stay with him uh forever, forever. <laughs> yeah um no there's like it's like three steps the first step is he's just like hey leave me alone yeah second step is she shows up at his hotel yeah breaks into his hotel room breaks into his hotel room and he's just like hey get out of here i'll call you yeah, and then the next step for him is, you can stay with me forever. Yeah. <laughs> I will protect you until I die. Yeah, yeah, that's the the three steps of Stephen. Um, here's here's a question for you, and and I'm sure I'll have an answer. What was up with the woman who took her shirt off and then had okay. some sort of? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I have no idea. I have like on her chest. I have no idea. I don't know what the message said uh because it's not 
uh, in English, mm-hmm. and it is not subtitled. They do not subtitle this woman's chest. <laughs> uh, and uh, I don't know what the message was. I don't mm-hmm. know where Stephen was or he, why. He's uh, <laughs> driving down the road, and she walks in front of the car, and yeah. he gets out to follow her. Yeah. Um, it is one of the strangest things I have seen in one of these movies, uh, only to be one-upped by the monks uh, at the end of the movie. Um, Also, regarding the uh, the woman that that Stephen fucks in this uh, this movie, um, she is pretty bad Mm -hmm. in this this movie, pretty pretty awful. She's Um, not great. I just mentioned this because there's one scene that was like startlingly reminiscent to me of the uh how is your sex life scene in the room um because uh she taught uh, steven knows like the owner of the nightclub that she works at and the the owner mm-hmm. tells steven that he uh doesn't know the bad guy but he really mm-hmm. he really does know the bad guy and so the woman is explaining this to him and she says he's lying he does know him i've seen him i've only been working yep. at the club for three months uh so so anyway how long will you be staying here <laughs> and it's uh <laughs> it's um I- incredibly uh uh similar to the how's your sex life scene in the room to me uh, it had the same rhythm so I, well, wanted, even, I wanted to draw attention to that one. Even this woman just being like, oh, no, I know who this man is by name. I know him. I know so well who he is. I know I've seen him many times. Yeah. Uh, that was all very weird. Um, like, kind of the biggest issue that I have with this movie is that in a very similar vein to a lot of them, it is ultimately extremely simple. Yeah. But in terms of, like, what connects one scene to the other... And like why certain events are happening. Yeah. Um, do you feel like you understood any of this movie? Not really, no. I mean they I know that they kidnap the senator's daughter and and Steven's daughter. Mm-hmm. And 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 one thing that I'm still confused by is if kidnapping Steven's daughter was intentional or not. Yes, and that was just what I was gonna mention is that it really is not clear because they insist on keeping her alive because mm-hmm. they they uh are gonna kill her at one point one of the henchmen is gonna kill her and they're like no you have to keep her alive we need her mm-hmm. um which would indicate that they do know that it's steven's daughter no um, i and and because the his old friend who owns the strip club is like i guess the guy who orchestrated everything yeah so that makes it seem very personal but there's nothing like that happens to explain why he would have some sort of vendetta against Steven. Yeah. Um, no, and there in is fact, an explanation for that. Yeah. In fact, it would make more sense that he would be like, Oh shit. Oh fuck. Yeah. We accidentally got Steven's daughter. I know this dude. I know what he's capable of. Yeah. Um, which of course never occurs in this movie. And um, in the, in the scene where all the, uh, the transphobia happens uh, uh, before all that happens, I was kind of with the scene for a little while because uh, Steven talks to his friend. Uh, uh, well, I guess he's not his friend, the club owner who has apparently orchestrated all of this. And Steven, uh, Steven drops a really, uh, great line to him where he says, you know, Fitch, you're nothing but a trailer park bitch. <laughs> yeah. It rhymes. Um, it's, it's, uh, impactful. Uh, Steven calling his friend a bitch is great. 
and, and then the guy <laughs> and then the guy calls steven a fucking dog yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's pretty good yeah um so i the thing about all of these movies recently that's been so hard for me is because i do have such a hard time following them yeah and i just know that they can't be like they're not complicated right so it makes me think that maybe i am just genuinely stupid (laughs) yeah it gives me like these little crises of my own intelligence and my ability to like comprehend a movie when i can't watch like steven seagal movies (laughs) and understand why anything is happening yeah but that like that that's not us, right? Well, I, I would break it down to to one of three things. All right, we've got... Thir- I think there's three roads we can take here. One, we're dumb. Yeah. I just... I find it hard to believe. Right. I do too. Now, most people, I'm going to imagine, <laughs> yeah. aren't, you know, just like, well, I, 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 didn't, I didn't like this movie, but I am stupid as shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but I would say, one, either we're dumb, two um we've seen so many of them that like the part of our brain that like wants to focus and figure out what's going on in like a a a piece of uh film Mm -hmm. uh turns off while we watch them and i i hypothesize this happens to me sometimes i think that this is potentially true (laughs) yeah uh and then the third one and this one is backed by a certain amount of evidence regarding the foreigner Mm um where the movie's really are just extremely difficult to understand and you have to get some like fucking crazy dude on steven's forum friends <laughs> that has to write out like a th- like a, a three-page uh, yeah synopsis i, I, I know i mentioned is. its existence on the episode but i don't think we really went into detail but yeah. it is like the forwarder is actually very simple and then it's like a f- five-page dissertation <laughs> of everything that happens in the movie yeah uh it's it's a real uh it's real thesis paper of uh of of what occurred in the foreigner so i think uh we're not dumb i think maybe the movies just um are trying to cram too much in and sometimes they get edited to pieces to where like the movie that was supposed to be made is never made because it's almost suspicious how few of these movies are longer than 90 minutes oh yeah no i mean i i think what that might come down to is almost like they're stretching out the movies. That's like, that's kind of what I think. I mean, I guess it would make more sense if they like chopped it down from something that made sense. Um, But I don't know. Cause you could, they could make this movie like a hundred minutes. I sure as hell don't want it to be a hundred minutes. Oh yeah. But like, agree. Yeah. Also, aside from doing some sort of insane podcast, I'm not the target audience for this movie anyway. This so, is true. so like the the Seagal head who's going to be buying the 2003 direct to DVD Steven Seagal film isn't going to be like, damn, a hundred minutes. <laughs> and also with the direct, sorry, I got I came out a little hot with that one. <laughs> also with a direct to DVD movie, you don't have to worry about it being like shorter, so you can cram more showings into a day and make more money. Like you just make the movie, and then they buy the movie, and that's it. Yeah. So, like, what's the point in it being 90 minutes? I guess maybe for TV. Yeah. Although this movie, they didn't worry about TV because it's got that weird scene where the woman takes her shirt off. Yeah. All right. I I hate this movie. Um, I also 
have not watched a real movie. In it's like, been a little while. I think like two or three weeks. Yeah. I do not know the last time I watched an actual film. Um, and I think it's breaking my brain. I think I'm forgetting what like I like about movies. Yeah. Or how they operate. See, um, I, I, I'm having like the exact opposite problem of or the exact opposite perspective this week um because like i've watched like two really good movies this, like in the last two days like for school i had to watch fucking citizen kane this week and i watched fucking <laughs> sicario yesterday um and i fucking love sicario mm-hmm. and uh it is a, a fucking awesome action movie um and uh sicario is not even just like a fucking awesome action movie it's just like a it's really a, good movie that yeah, it's has a like an awesome movie yeah a thriller elements yeah exactly but you know there's like a lot of like you know shooting and action and no yeah in the for movie. sure that, that's, that's, what, that's point, what i mean though, is yeah. like there's one thing where it's like this is an awesome action movie like commando i got scar which sure. is like a, a movie like a real movie yeah, yeah no a very offense real to movie. commando which we would never badmouth on this podcast yeah that's against our practices that's against our, our bill of rights on this yeah. uh, this podcast we don't say bad things about commando yeah, if someone says something bad about Commando, they have to do um, an extra episode. They have to do the 50 push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> 50, 55. Yeah. Um, but, right, yeah, no, I, I think I get what you're saying. It's like, Sicario's like a real movie with action in it, and, like, mm-hmm. these these are, like, sincerely just action movies, and they're bad ones at that. Yeah. Oh, my God. The action in this fucking movie sucks. And I oh, mean, yeah. Well, one I mean, of the scenes in this movie is just a fucking music video um Here's, they put they put like a new metal song like with lyrics yeah uh whereas like everything else in the movie has been like composed music you know mm-hmm. like like film music and then they just toss in like a new metal song with lyrics that steven and his partner kick ass to and like it it sucks like it's so dumb <laughs> yeah uh, i i wish i had figured out what that was yeah um but yeah, this is, I guess right now we're in this little stage where these Seagal movies have, um, like, e- they're, they're going to have one of two vibes. Mm-hmm. There's either like the kind of classic action movie orchestral soundtrack vibe or the new metal vibe. Yep. And uh, this is definitely of that new metal vibe. And um, I was actually curious <laughs> uh, when this, that would potentially end. Because I can't imagine that we're like having new metal soundtracks in these like 2015 Steven Seagal movies. Yeah, no way. It's gonna be like probably like dubstep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, that's a that's a good question. Like, I feel like maybe I feel like Steven couldn't go any later than like 2011 with it. Because I imagine he'll go later than he should. So I'd say like the latest would be 2011 and i would predict it to end in like 2009 now according to the new metal wikipedia sure the decline of new metal took place between 2003 and 2009 well that's 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 good then that i uh that i guessed 2009 it shows you i know my new metal i could guess 2011 well i said 2011 for steven 2009 2009 for like regular movies got it well then yeah you sure you sure we're on right on the money on the money um okay 
Valley of the Beast. <laughs> Valley of the Beast. This has been uh, a, a pretty unconventional episode here. Uh, we we really have just like picked our favorites. We picked yeah, the highlights. I'm, I mean, what like the the kind of idea of like we're watching this so you don't have to like you've got the experience of having seen Belly of the Beast. If we're just like, yeah, it's just it's just like everything that came before. Like that's the experience of watching Belly of the Beast. Um. Steve, what's what's Steven's name in this movie? Uh, it's it's some dumb. It's like Jack Hooper Jake, or something. Jake Hopper. Something ja- <laughs> Jack Hooper. Jack Hooper. <laughs> Jack Hooper or or, or Jake Hopper. Yeah. Um, um, but we're talking about how the action sucks in this fucking movie. And, yes. Uh, I just wanted to bring attention to that like train yard fight. Where, oh yeah um there's a first off the beginning of this movie i know i've just jumped all the way to a different part of the movie <laughs> yeah but has so many seeds of steven and other people just like smashing through walls just like yep. hurling themselves through walls mm-hmm. that's it um and then at this trade scene he hurls himself through the wall of the train and lands on like this little tiny little train car thing i don't even know what it, you'd call it it's just like a little cart that's moving along the train tracks. And as Steven like moves along on this thing, he's shooting these dudes. But it's, I guess, supposed to be like cool slow-mo. But because it is so slow, it just looks like Steven's moving around at like, like a, a foot a minute, just slowly yeah. inching along in this thing. And the, the gunshots are like normal time. <laughs> Yeah. So it just looks like Steven's just slowly moving along and everyone's just standing there waiting to get shot like he's playing like the Men in Black game at Universal Studios. Yeah. And um, it is one of the worst action scenes I think I've seen from any of these movies. It blew my mind why they could not just speed it up. Because then it would have at least been like, quote unquote, cool if it was quick. Right. That, that shit is why I felt like they're like trying to drag out the, the runtime. Yeah. Because why else? Like, Out for a Kill did this thing where everything was super sped up, almost guaranteed, because they were doing it really slow on camera. Yeah. And here, it's like they're doing it very slow on camera, and then just, like, leaving it in like that, just being like, they'll just think it's slow-mo. Yeah. (laughs) It's fine, dude. Just leave it in slow-mo. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's bad. It Uh, is bad. Um, do you want to talk about the Lifetime movies that I watched this past week? You know what? Before we do, before we do that, before we do that, okay? Because I would love because I, I I read I read all the names of them. He sent uh, he sent a screenshot to our our, our group chat with our friends of our, uh, the Steven uh, Destroy Discord. The Steven Destroy Discord. So all of our listeners will of course see it. Um, uh, but you, you sent a screenshot. And I I did read the titles, and so I am uh curious, but. Because uh, you gave one of them five stars, mm-hmm. um, and so I do want to hear about that. And oh, then I brother. think you gave its immediate sequel a half star. So well, I want to hear about. Quite, I, I do. We'll, okay, we'll go yeah. through it. We'll go through it. Um, but the last thing I want to mention in terms of the the shitty action scenes in this movie, uh, can, we cannot uh, leave out um, this. In my opinion, uh, well, I think objectively abysmal CGI, but uh, pretty abysmal just like in terms of intensity. Uh, the scene where Steven and uh, Steven's enemy. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, uh, why they even bother giving these characters names? They really yeah. could just name them like Steven, Steven's enemy, Steven's yeah. friend, 
<laughs> Steven's love interest. Um, that he's not that interested in until he's ready to go all the way fucking out for it. Mm-hmm. But um, so his his enemy has a um a bow and arrow, and um shoots the arrow at Steven. And then Steven, in slow motion CGI, uh, shoots the arrow with a with a bullet in in midair, uh, and splits the arrow in half. And then they do it again, and Steven reaches for a samurai sword, I think, uh, or at least like a thin blade of some kind, and uh, chops it in half in midair, all in slow motion. And it sucks, dude. F- and oh, they just hated keep it. doing it. They just like, keep doing it. He, and they're just walking around and like making like eye contact. He shoots the arrows like I think three he shoots two of the arrows and then misses the third one. Yeah. But they just keep doing it over and over again. And it like doesn't look good. At all. So why do they keep doing it? Um yeah, movie sucks. I also have consulted my letterbox and could confirm that I haven't seen a real movie in uh fifteen days from today. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I watched uh, the newer Charlie Kaufman movie, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, uh, 15 days ago. And you were thinking of ending watching movies. <laughs> I was thinking of ending things t- today and yesterday and the past two weeks. Yeah. Um, and actually, that's a movie that I actively watched. It was like, I am not smart enough for this movie. <laughs> Yeah, or I don't have like the frame of reference needed to enjoy this movie, and I read some stuff about it and kind of confirmed that. Yeah, so I'm not above knowing when I'm too stupid for a movie. No, yeah, I don't think we're too dumb for the Seagal movies. I think that it's one of the three things I said, or a combination of all three. Okay, well, so we did take a week off. Oh yeah, we did. We did. Gonna put that out there. It hasn't done anything. It hasn't made this any better. No, um, it tends it, to make it worse. It does tend to make it worse. I had a really rough time. Don't think I could stress enough what a rough time I had. I really was watching Belly of the Beast and just being like mad at us. I was mad at you. <laughs> Me? I was mad at myself. I was like, I don't know why we're doing this. We could have oh, yeah. just we could have just not done this. Yeah, I mean, I think about that like we could just I think not about that during the, do this. Yeah, I think about that during like the middle of the week. Like I think about like all the other podcast ideas that we've had and I think like wouldn't it be fun if we were making one of those podcasts? If we were doing the hunk cast or if hunk, we're doing chat. Hunk, hunk chat. I mean, I take the Happy Madison, dude. I take I take watching Jack and Jill over this shit. Mm. I would cuz I would only have to watch one Jack and Jill. Yeah, and I, that's true. I mean, even with like well, obviously like Happy Madison, there's going to be some genuinely good ones in there. Yep. But even if you're only doing, like, the shitty Adam Sandler stuff, I, I mean, it's going to have some variety. He Absolutely. plays different characters. He's not always doing a goofy voice. Um, you get good actors in there, you know? Every now and then there's a Chris Rock showing up. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of pro-Kevin James. Um, well, we we have a history with Kevin. Like, not even, like, an insane PBS2 <laughs> kind of... Yeah. Like, I, I, I got a little bit... I mean, he's like he is good in yeah. that movie. Um, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll I'll agree with that. I, 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 Kevin Kevin James is very good. In, in, he, or, he he if you he sure as shit commits. You know who does not absolutely commit? who Steven, Steven Seagal. Seagal. Yeah, and he oh you want to talk about not committing, dude? And and so and this is the thing. All right, you know what? Before we get to this, before we get to the to the fucking stalked by my doctor. <laughs> 
I, I need to talk about how Steven doesn't commit in these movies in, in, a, in a way that is kind of new to the last three weeks or so. Um, and I want to talk about Steven not doing his own uh, ADR. Mm-hmm. Um, what the fuck? What else is he doing? Right? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. We're talking $5 Walmart bin ass movies. We're talking direct to dvd for the last three years except for one fucking movie that was a complete bomb at the box office he's worked with the same director he worked with that same director twice and he couldn't he couldn't come back in for adr for twice for, in the same year in the same year like was, they're was, almost uh, certainly gonna be like on set for out for a kill while they're doing like post for the foreigner probably absolutely. i mean i don't think you had that issue in out for a kill if anything they like did all this weird adr that didn't fit yeah it's 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 rough and so that's my thing is it's like there are long passages of this movie where steven is not doing any of his lines like long ones like again we, that scene where he goes and meets his friend at like the the monastery or, or, or wherever they're at it's like that's like a that's like a two and a half three minute scene of steven talking a lot and he has no lines in it we do not hear steven's voice for two and a half minutes in this movie and it's uh it's just abysmal man it's just like come in and do your fucking lines dude i just i just i can't wrap my head around it it is wild because i i think one thing that we're starting to realize is that like i think steven seagal hates acting i think he does too i think think he hates his movies i think he hates the movies i think he hates the like i think he hates being an actor like i think he doesn't want to do it (laughs) Uh, genuinely because i like there was one line in this movie where i felt like for a second i was like did steven did steven just try there for a second and and he he probably fooled me i I think it's uh when his daughter gets kidnapped and he goes like what is she okay and it's like it's almost as if he tried no i i you definitely get these moments because he's like surrounding himself with these shitty actors in so many of these movies yeah like um I think it was The Foreigner where I said Steven was the strongest actor. Mm-hmm. Maybe out for a kill. <laughs> Who knows? I think, I think it was, it was for the, a kill. I think it was the, the Foreigner. Which one was last week? Last out week was kill? Out for a Kill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess technically it was two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, but I think it was Out for a Kill. But he like surrounds yeah. himself with all these like people. Because, I mean, Steven Seagal sucks. He's always sucked. But he was a good, like a, a successfully grossing theatrical lead like there, there's no question about that you cannot deny that yeah um and even though we don't get it clearly a lot of people did so i feel like you you kind of have to a- acknowledge some objective um don't want to say charisma or talent but something kind of like well a watchability of yeah some or like a yeah. weaker a weaker kind of version of those things and um so it's not i i, I don't think it's gonna be that hard to surround himself with these people who are so much worse than him and that's what he always does so you're watching these movies where him being like the absolute minimum makes him look so much better than these people who are like below the minimum how did they get cast in this movie yeah and i i guess you know nobody of like any kind of note would work with steven at this point Oof, um, i feel like we're gonna keep running into some wild ones yeah i kind of hope we do because i love it when we run into the wild ones yeah um 
but like I, I feel like these are people who are just I mean I like don't know this who has fucking people are this has to be like among their first or second roles like ever in movies and they're like oh my god I get to do it in uh you know uh, under siege star Steven Seagal's new action movie and uh I I just I can't I, I can't imagine if you have like a real career that you would want to be in a Steven Seagal movie at this point so Looking at the Belly of the Beast cast, the guy who played his partner, Byron Mann, um, he hadn't really... uh, None of these movies that he'd been in prior to this are really um, sticking out to me. I don't know what any of them are. Mm -hmm. He does reunite with Steven uh, two more times after this. Two more times? Two more times after this. Whoa. Um, But he was in The Big Short, Oh wow! Um, yeah, Oscar-nominated, potentially winning film. Yeah, that's a real um, movie. Also, Skyscraper with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh yeah, that's and kind then of he a was, real movie. He was on the 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 show, the Steven Seagal show, True Justice. Wow. Yeah, he was uh, also a recurring actor on Hell on Wheels and Arrow. Um, all real shows. Well, yeah. Well, he seemed like he might be a real actor he's the best actor in the movie he's but be- I, I know i just made that whole <laughs> i did that whole yeah. speech about yeah, how no, he, just he was, himself he was pretty people. much he was fine in the movie no he like, was easily the best actor this is not one of the ones where steven was successful at surrounding himself with bad yeah. actors um yeah. he, he slipped up with byron man yeah um but yeah I, I i guess that's sort of my uh my overarching thing it's just like dude just go fucking record your lines or just like don't do it like yeah and that, that's the other thing. and it seems like he does and it seems like he hates to act and it seems like he hates to do his fucking aikido because like oh well he i i think that we've reached a stage where he probably just like can't yeah that's what i mean it's like he just can't and and so it's just like all right you can't do your lines you can't do your aikido it's like what you know you don't actually have to be in the movies that you produce you know like he could just produce movies. He didn't really need to be in them. Um, because again, it, it, it he made uh, two thousand three. Was this our third, or, yeah. or is this our first of two thousand three? And the no, it's our third. It, our it third completes the trilogy of the and four it, that are out for a kill. And it feels like it. Yeah, it really does, man. I mean, he looks exhausted, bored, uh, lethargic. Um. Yeah, I can't say enough about how bad he is in this movie. <laughs> yeah. With the exception of the one line where he seems concerned about his daughter, and it's only because it's like, I'm Stephen-brained at this point, and it's, <laughs> and it's just like, that's like a line he like almost delivered with conviction. And again, he doesn't deliver 30% of his lines in this movie. I, so, I didn't notice it like at all. I, I, I There were a couple times I was a little unsure, but yeah. I really must have been sleepier than i than i realized or or maybe maybe i uh maybe i'm dumb uh, which is entirely (laughs) possible and he actually did deliver all of his lines in this movie but uh it didn't sound like it to me um because it sounded like he was going in and out of uh anti-steven and real steven um but you know maybe i made it up you know uh maybe there was something in my lunch today but yeah i don't know man just he but one thing we can say with absolute certainty that we both noticed and both saw is that he just looks checked out man yeah 
he he has no interest in in being in this movie no and i like chance. i can't blame him but i like i there's got to be better ways for my man to make money yeah you know he <laughs> could just become a russian diplomat you know he could just focus on that full time instead of the movies you know I mean, even in like 2003 you know yeah like what what's what are you doing man even even now even now and we are not halfway through we are. I, I'm already like, why did he keep going? Why did he keep going? And he, we're about to get uh, above the law too. Alleg- like, I am <laughs> allegedly. I I do not think that we will ever see the day, because I think that that would have that would have to require like some some involvement with Warner Brothers. I mean, I don't oh. know. I don't know the kind of behind the scenes stuff. Maybe he like owns the rights. It's been like. Um, I guess 30, 30 years. Yeah, 30 years. So, you know, who knows? But I feel, it feels right in my gut <laughs> yeah. that Warner Bros would have to, Warner Brothers, Warner Bros. Yeah, the They're Warner my friends. Bros. They're my yeah. friends. So I call them that. They the let WBs. Me get away yeah. Like the old WB would have to be involved in some way. And I do not see that happening. I yeah. do not think we will get above the law two ever. I do not think we will get under Siege 3 uh, ever. I, I I do not expect it. Here's a question, though. Here's an answer. If they remake any of these movies, does that fall into our constantly standing, we have to do an episode for every future Steven movie? Does it fall into that if they remake Under Siege? Um, Like, like uh, without Steven? Yeah. Um, I, you know, like with Channing like, Tatum. If, if we were hearing that it was, it was looking pretty good... You know, it would, I I would do it. That would be kind of fun for me. Okay. And because you know, because okay. it's it's not. Uh, I don't think it's a problem we're ever going to have. To be to be quite frank, I'm, but. I'm not. I'm not sure about that. Really, I I if anything, it's going to be under siege. But yeah. I could see an under siege remake. Um, for sure. Well, one would say you've already seen a few under siege remakes. <laughs> Well, you could argue Under Siege is some sort of remake. Yeah. Um, also, we do have a movie coming up pretty soon called Submerged, and I think I've said it before on this podcast, but I highly anticipate that just being Under Siege again. Yeah. Um, okay. God. Hey, tell me about that doctor. Okay. So we did take off last week, but I do want our aggressively uh, loyal fans to know I did still... Um, engage in masochistic bad movie watching. Um, Very important. Yes. And uh, did watch eight Lifetime movies over the course of four days. Um, And I'm not going to go through all of them, actually. I can list off the names. Uh, There was My Baby is Missing. Uh, my daughter's disgrace, which on the Lifetime Movie Club app was called revenge porn. Ooh, Psycho Granny. I like that one. Um, and then Deadly Runway, which was on the app Fatal Fashion. Ooh. And then we did watch the uh, Stalked by My Doctor quadrilogy. And, and so, yeah, I I want to hear all about that. And I definitely want to hear about Psycho Granny. Okay, Psycho Granny. Uh, did not live up to my expectations, and I think it will not live up to yours. Damn. Um, but I do want to talk about Stalked by My Doctor a little bit. 
Yeah, I would love to hear. I actually explicitly, I always wanted to bring it up on the podcast, if only to talk about its star, Eric Roberts, yeah, who is a legitimate actor, Oscar-dominated. Um, I can't think off the top of my head of what you would know him from. Honestly, I don't know him from that much shit. Yeah. Prior to Stalked by My Doctor, my biggest kind of association with him was he was in uh, the film A Talking Cat. With like the question mark and exclamation point and question mark. I don't know if you watched that movie with us. Um, I, I am not familiar with that one. Okay, well, it's kind of what it sounds like. Um, <laughs> it was in The Dark Knight. Okay, yeah, that's a movie I've never heard of. Um, I think he's like the uh, gangster in the movie. Yes, the gangster. Yeah, but um, oh, he's in The Expendables. But okay. So Eric Roberts, it's talked by my doctor. Basically, he plays a doctor who is um, an incel. And, and kind of incel stereotypes has been driven insane by not being able to find someone to love him. And a uh, teenage girl gets in a car crash and he saves her life and he becomes obsessed with her and stalks her. And um, had more fun with this movie than any movie that we have watched with Steven Seagal. Um, by far... Genuine recommend on Stalked by My Doctor. Great. Couldn't, could not do justice to it. Um, but Eric Roberts is just wild in the movie. It is a a really good sort of uh, example of a genuinely good actor going like 190%. Yeah. And hard recommend. He throws a lot of fits in the movie. There's a really good scene where he gets... Uh, turned down by a woman and he goes into a, a dumpster and he starts throwing all the trash around and screaming i am a doctor i am a doctor um it's really good really hard to recommend on stock by my doctor yeah that sounds great um stock by my doctor the return the sequel fine kind of just mm -hmm. more of the same entertaining enough the third movie stalked by my doctor patient's revenge is balls to the wall crazy as crazy as any of these Steven Seagal movies. Kind of worth seeing to believe. Fourth movie just sucks shit. But really, ultimately, the biggest thing that I wanted to say about Stock by My Doctor and Eric Roberts is that I would like you, Dylan Jones, and then any listener who doesn't know a lot about Eric Roberts, to Google Eric Roberts filmography. I'm doing it. Yeah, I I know you are. I have faith. Yeah, uh, I was I actually already had his his uh, Wikipedia page open. All right, so. let's go to that filmography, which does have its own Wikipedia page. Oh, it sure does. Yeah, it does. And I would like you to just scroll through the film. The film. Just don't you don't have to stop and look at anything. I'd just like you to do some scrolling. Just do some scrolling. Yeah, we're getting into the to the early nineties now. Um, he's wow, wow. This is a lot of movies. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Holy fuck. What was he doing in 2009? Brother. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. 2012. Brother. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Brother, wait till you get to 2016. I'm in 2016 right now. Oh, Lord. 2017 had to be noted twice. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, 2018, 2019. Wow, wow, wow. Most of these movies don't even have Wikipedia pages. Mm -hmm. 
he plays a Mr. Jones in The Reliant. Maybe we should watch that. Are we going to do an Eric Roberts podcast? I do not think we could handle it. I, I, you know what? I'm going to say it right now. 20 weeks into a Steven Seagal podcast, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> I do not think we could handle it, although he is uh, can't, not even in the same, like, um, out of same level as Steven in a good way, a pro Eric Roberts way. Sure. Um, they're like not even the same profession. Uh, but I, I did just want to put, I guess, put things in perspective maybe, you know, yeah. we're always like uh, blown away by how many movies Steven has done. Yeah. But, uh, I saw this shit and I was blown away. Yeah. Um, shout out to Eric Roberts. <clears throat> You're, uh, doing the Lord's work. And I would like to shout out to uh, Stock by My Doctor, a, uh, a hard recommend on a podcast where you so rarely recommend anything. I was going to say, this is a, a podcast that rarely features recommendations. So. Yeah, but I would recommend Stock by My Doctor um, over any film that we have watched. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it, <laughs> and I, I, I probably agree. Well... I mean, I we're, you know, kind of just blowing through this one. <laughs> I mean, look, th- th- this movie is so incredibly, like, stereotypical of a Seagal movie to where, like, there's really not anything to say. Like, it's almost bewildering how similar it is to every other movie we've seen. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's almost like it's fascinating. I just I don't even know how he how he did it. So, <clears throat> with the exception of the monks at, at, at the end, the monks at the end, uh, uh, that one did kind of drop my drop shout my out jar. to the monks at the end. Shout out to the monks at the end, but also, um, like again with regard to like the voodoo and stuff, like that's also kind of marked for death core. Mm-hmm. No, it, uh, it is. They didn't go that far in marked for death though yeah absolutely it is definitely i mean yeah it absolutely is marked for death core and the like kind of eastern uh i don't know if you call it eastern religion but that that same sort of like eastern mysticism shit that seagal is so obsessed with is certainly you know dripping all over the movie and even yeah. those like wild parts and that's all pretty stereotypical yeah, uh, yeah, the the general like Eastern philosophy or whatever is is very like glimmer man slash um, uh, ticker. Uh, this movie had a little bit of ticker to it in that sense. Uh, although there's really not very many movies that have any ticker to them. Uh, ticker really is its own entity. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's really not too much to say about this one. It it, it is what it is. You know, it, it's like if if you've seen any Steven Seagal movie. And I would guess if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably seen at least one. And I'm here to tell you that if you've seen one, you really have just about seen them all, uh, which is horrifying given <laughs> I st- that we still have to watch another 33 of them. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I don't think that number is correct. I'm pretty sure it's going to be more than that. Oh, great. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so, yeah, actually, fuck, we definitely do. Um, anyway, yeah, I mean, the, there's one thing that I know has also been said on this movie, or on this podcast, not about this movie so many times, but here it just really got me. Why does, I, I'm, this is like a catchphrase for this podcast, but I do not care 
why does Steven always have to have some sort of government history? For real. When, a mo- when the movies care so little about things making sense or explaining things, why does it have to be like, well, here's why Steven can do all this shit. Uh, Steven is always able to just, he always has these connections from his previous life that he can use for his advantage. Um, he never has to do any investigating. But here, when we are just doing the plot of Taken at its core, um, yeah. And I know Taken, like, again, he has, like, his background and shit. But, like, I don't know. You know, they could they could still just, like, have a movie where it's just, like, oh, we kidnapped the wrong dude's daughter without him being... Uh, I just... I'm so fucking sick of it. I'm so tired of it. And I do not know if we will ever get a movie where he is not some sort of ex-spook. I do not know if this will ever happen. Well, I, I, the thing for me, too, is, like, this is part of why I think he just doesn't like movies is because like, I feel like if he liked movies at some point, he'd be like, maybe I'll try to make a different one. You know? Well, if he liked making them, I would, I would agree with you. Yeah. Like I, this can't be fulfilling to him. Well, yeah. And that's sort of my thing. And and, because I think that, you know, uh, uh, and not even to make comments on, on these type of ideologies, but I feel like in entertainment and art, you, you get, you know, to be really fucking broad here, you get like two types of, of, of people, uh, you know, like people that are like in it for themselves and for the art and to like make great art and, and for people who are there to like churn out entertainment. And Seagal obviously fits into the latter. But the thing is, is that nobody's watching. Um, so it's like he really could just go fucking crazy well, I, and make whatever he wants. I, I I really do believe. I really do believe, and maybe it's just like optimism or something. But I really feel like we're above the law, hard to kill. I think Steven's like hyped to be there. I think he's hyped to be a leading man. He's been. Um, oh my god, hold on! I completely forgot something that happened. Like um, like right after we recorded out for a kill and I was waiting to bring it up on the podcast. Oh, great. Um, sorry. Anyways, I'm going to get to it in a second. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah. But he was choreographing movies for like a couple years. And then now he's a leading man. He's doing above the law. He, he, that movie reeks of Steven Seagal. There is no question that he got to have, even though he's not like a credited um, writer, and I don't think he got a producer credit at that point, that movie reeks of him. There is no question that he got to have a a heavy creative involvement. Um, I just have to believe that he was hyped for that. And I think if we were to watch Above the Law now, I would argue we would not recognize Steven, um, both physically and in terms of the performance. He yeah, always I agree. sucked shit, but I just, I he didn't like sleepwalk through the movies. He wasn't like reading the you know lines off the back of his hand in Above the Law. Um, I, I just have to assume that he like was into it, and at some point got burnt out and just didn't know how to stop or like how to get out of it. Yeah, he needed the money probably. Probably yeah. Anyway, um. Back when I watched real movies, I was doing, I was having a little Kurosawa phase, you know? Yeah. It happens. As you do. It happens. And that kind of led into a um, Toshiro Mifune. I don't know if I'm getting his name right. People, you know, 
there was ever a time for for the the two people who listen to this podcast to you know leave an angry review, it would be me mispronouncing Toshiro Mifune's name. Yeah. Um, now, now you've pissed off all of our audience. All of our audience. Um, yeah. There, no, no stone left unturned at this point. Yeah. Well. So I, I, I was just kind of looking at his shit. I watched this movie, Red Sun, whatever. And um, I was kind of looking at some of the American movies he's made out of curiosity, uh, which was what Red Sun was. And then he also made this movie called The Challenge, which was from 1982. And it was not available for rent. Um, so I just bought the Blu-ray pretty impulsively, as I am kind of prone to do. Yeah. Um, I watched that Red Sun movie and it was like, hey, you watched this, buy this. And I was like, fuck it, let me do this. Let me purchase the Blu-ray and then I'll maybe, you know, go to a Wikipedia or whatever. Um, I would just like to confirm that the movie I bought, The Challenge, did have uh, the action scenes choreographed by Steven Seagal. <laughs> wow. That That's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, and was I ha- it good? I have not seen it. Okay. Uh, it kind of just totally killed. <laughs> it kind of killed my enthusiasm. I don't think it is supposed to be good, but like, just as soon as I was that Seagal Association, I was just like, I'm not going to be able to watch this movie outside the the like Steve and Destroy mindset. Yeah, I do have it. Um, I have it, and I have uh, Never Say Never Again, the James Bond movie where he broke sean connery's wrist right classic so i could do a little bit of extracurricular research but i i don't as we love to do on this podcast (laughs) yeah um i don't really anticipate doing that um it like totally killed my enthusiasm to watch this movie i do not know if i ever will but (laughs) you know maybe tune in keep tuning in you never know when i'll have watched the challenge and i can report if um it had any sort of uh classic Steven Aquino flair to it. Yeah. Um but it was it was like nightmarish. Yeah, I can't even <laughs> I imagine. Like, I was like, I love I love this actor. I can't wait to explore some of his lesser known output. Let me buy this movie that isn't, you know, it's a rare Blu-ray. It's only on Blu-ray. It'll be fun. <sighs> and like wrong. Like that opening paragraph on wikipedia where it says just like the basics of the movie is just like choreographed by steven seagal <laughs> like you have to be shitting me anyway yeah this is probably the best pot like the best episode to have brought that up yeah where this is the- actually probably the best episode yeah <laughs> this is the one we're gonna submit to the uh the webbies the, the potties the potties <laughs> Yeah, the potty awards. <laughs> and not the potty award I usually win. <laughs> yep. Okay, we got a whole new kind of potty award coming to you this year. Yeah. Um, uh... <laughs> the potty awards for podcasts that stink. Okay. Yeah. Now, there is an iHeartRadio podcast award. Yeah. Do you think we could win it? Um, Maybe. I'm looking through. So <laughs> if nobody else submits? Here... Here's the last winner from January 2020 was The Dropout, which was, I guess, published by ABC News. Um, I would like to, to say some of the nominees that were, that we're going to be up against next year. Yeah, yeah, who, who our comp is. Mm-hmm. So there's My Favorite Murder, 
Stuff You Should Know. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. I actually like that podcast. I, I think I listened to an episode with Billy Eichner on it. Yeah. Um, Revisionist History. The Ron Burgundy Podcast. Oh, man. Um, which I listened to an episode of when it was kind of new and uh, thought it sucked. <laughs> yeah, I, that sounds like something that would suck. I mean, I, I'm a pretty big Anchorman uh, uh, apologist myself. I don't I'm know if you only, need to be. Um, Anchorman 2 um, fan. I think I I don't well I I think we saw it together and I think I liked it as well. Oh, I really I maybe it's because Anchorman kind of like to me at least I can't watch it and not just like hear ah oh, there's that line I've heard <laughs> you know people say my entire life. Yeah, no, I I don't think I've been able to watch Anchorman for a long time and, and I I don't think I've ever put it together that it's for those reasons. But like yeah, Anchorman would be a lot to watch now. Yeah, I um but I would watch Anchorman two again. And yeah. um, I I saw the like two and a half hour R rated recut that they put into theaters. Um, oh yeah, I, I don't think see, I I don't think I did see that. I did see that in theaters, um, and I owned the like Blu Ray double pack of both of those for a while. Um, was it too I'm, much? You had to get rid of it. I, I think it, there was a period of time where I had to sell some of my shit, some of my Blu Rays, and of course I had to go with the big money items like the Anchorman two <laughs> double pack. Yeah. Um, anyway, the other ones are something called The Shrink Next Door, The Read, The Daily, and The Joe Rogan Experience. So I just want to point something out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Maron's not on there. Mark Maron so, is not on there. So I, I would argue at this point he's not even our competition. Um, well, that doesn't mean that I'm going to let it go. The feud <laughs> lives on. Yeah, right, yeah. And it's it's classic. It's, it's Steven Destroy canon. At well, this point. he still has to come on the show so we can squash this beef. Hashtag, yeah. hey, Mark, come on Steven Destroy podcast. Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, he is not our direct competition, for, at least in regards to the iHeartRadio podcast awards. Right, um, which is the only award we care about. And it's actually the only reason we do this podcast. Yeah, is so we can win an iHeartRadio <laughs> podcast award. Yeah. All right, I will get our publicist on it for the 2021 ceremonies. Yep. Um, it looks like it is voted on by the general public. Great. So that means that all we've got to do is win over most of the podcast listening uh, population. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, There's What is this? It's the, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the potty awards. Okay. So I guess there's different categories, but this is not the same thing. This is just something called the People's Choice Podcast Awards. And I guess they stopped doing it in 2018. Okay, so but um, Mark Marin did win a couple of those for comedy. Are we a comedy podcast, James? I don't know. What are we? What I, do we do here? It's I think we're. Story. I think we would fall under just film slash TV. Yeah. Um, I'm not. Oh, TV and film. Here we go. Um, so it looks like the most recent winner was the Agents of Shield podcast. Fuck, man, we have to go up against fucking Disney, don't we? Oh, that's true. They got that Disney money behind them. Yeah, man, they're going to be able to run smear campaigns against us. That's true. They're going to put a bunch of, like, fake news out there. Yeah, they're going right. to put lies about us in the papers. Yeah, we're not doing that one, then. We're only going to stick to the iHeartRadio <laughs> podcast awards. Yeah, we only have to go up against... Because uh, those can't be bought. Yeah, yeah, we only have to go up against... Wait a minute, though. ABC is... Uh, 
I think part of the Disney conglomerate, aren't oh, they? Oh no, they absolutely are. Does ABC yeah. own? Well, oh, didn't you fuck, say fuck, it, was, right. it was their podcast that won? Yeah, so far, ABC Disney's News. won every one of these. Fuck, man, are we gonna have to take down Disney? I think we're gonna have to. The There's old... no way around it. Oh wow. Okay, so there is actually a bunch of categories for the iHeartRadio podcast awards. Let's read them. Okay, so the on best, air, the best comedy podcast winner was Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Okay. I, I I don't believe that there's a Disney connection there. Um no, I don't believe there is either. Okay. Shout out to Conan. He beat the Although, he beat the system. Who owns TBS? Does he still have his TBS show? Um I don't I don't know. I think that uh, they like It's Warner uh, Media anyway, so we're fine. Okay, cool. Okay. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. All right, is there like a film though one? Because I think that's what we're up against. There's best host male, which is what okay. would pit us against each other. Yeah, I was gonna say that's you versus me. Yeah. Um, then there's pop culture podcast. Do you think? I think that that's us. Yeah, I think that we fit into that. Okay. What about history? Do you think we could fit under best history podcast? Um, as we're talking about, like we're going back in time. We we do go back in time quite often on this show. Um, you know what? Let's just say for the fun of it, let's just say yes. Okay. Let's, let's say now, we could qualify for either of those. I do want to say that there was the best kids and family podcast category. Yeah. We do not qualify for that one. Now I, I understand why you say that. <laughs> yeah. We get a little blue sometimes. Yep. Um, there was that entire segment last week that had to be bleeped out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that took a lot of work on my part. Yeah. Because you just kept adding in bleeps for every syllable instead of one long bleep. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was disturbing. But we could take we could take a family friendly turn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, talking about Steven Seagal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, I would argue that the My Giant episode borders on being family friendly. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, that probably isn't true. Um, here's okay. So f- I'm gonna wrap up this. <laughs> Uh, our newest award-winning segment, I Read People Who've Won Podcast Awards. <laughs> um, yeah. There are some options. Here's here's one that I kind of think maybe we could do. Okay. I, I think this is the one that if we are going to get any of these, I think we might be able to do this. Let's hear it. Best ad read. Oh. I think we've recorded 10 of the best bumpers of all time on this show, yes. I would argue. And that's also canon yes um the previous winner was conan o'brien again starting to think maybe our mark maron maybe we picked the wrong person to have a beef with yeah with mark maron i think now it really might be conan yeah conan might be and you know the real enemy here i think maybe maybe okay gonna gonna change it up mark maron needs to come on the podcast so we can squash our beef and unite against our true uh enemy, enemy in podcast conan o'brien yeah okay um, absolutely true but i think we could do a good ad read i don't know what made his the best ad read you know um, he pro- probably just added all his little his little conanisms to it you know he sits up there on his high horse he thinks he's better than us yeah you know how much what is conan o'brien's net worth <laughs> Because I'm starting to think Conan might have a little guillotine coming his way. Yeah, we're gonna eighty-five million. We're gonna steal half of it. Well, we're gonna. How much does the human head weigh? 
because that's how much of his money we're going to steal. 10 pounds. Um, okay, so Conan's... We're coming for Conan. We're coming for his prize. Um, and then best TV and film podcast was How Did This Get Made? God, man, we—that's that's an earwolf thing, isn't it? Yeah, and I don't—I know I, we, we've we've come out as um, comedy bang bangs, all right, with us. Yeah, and it's it's going to be especially shameful that I'm actually wearing a fucking comedy bang bang T-shirt that I was given as a. Are as you a wearing? Gift. I was going to say, are you wearing a specifically Jason Manzukis? I am wearing a Hanog Man comedy yes. bang bang T-shirt as we speak. Yeah, so I don't know if we can come for how did this get made then. Yeah, I, I think I that think I have kind just of established a pro Jason Manzukis. You know what, man? If if there is one man in podcasting that I would specifically come out in favor of, it would be Jason Manzukis. Hey, I'm I'm on board. So I guess we cannot. We're going to have to relent for the best TV and film podcast category. So yeah. that just leads leaves best ad read and um, just overall best podcast of the year. Yeah. And I think that we already have both. I think that this episode alone, where we do very little of the premise of the show, absolutely, really shows our um, our, our dedication to in it. our range. Yeah, you know, people are like, "Wow, well, all those guys do is they sit around, they talk about Steven Seagal, they say the same five things about his movies every week for an yeah. hour and a half, and then they post some fake news on the internet. <laughs> they uh, and that's it." But, you know, I think we, yeah. we really proved them wrong. We talked about Eric Roberts. Yeah. Do you remember last week when we talked about Sexy Men? We talked about Sexy Men. Uh, we read just podcast award winners and talked about our own podcast. Yeah. We, we uh, talked about corn once. We talked about corn twice. Talked about corn twice. How many podcasts have done that? Yeah. Probably, probably a couple. Um, well, none that I listen to, but I also don't listen to podcasts. And I think that that comes through on our podcast. Well, you, you listen to Comedy Bang Bang. I have listened to Comedy Bang Bang. This is true. And this you is said, undeniable. You said you listened to the Conan O'Brien one. Uh, I think I've listened to an episode or two of Conan's well, podcast. Yeah. Now you have to uh, atone for that as we are mortal enemies with Conan O'Brien. And yeah. Mark Maron. Well, it's a good thing we're cooling out on Marin because. Uh, you know, I hate to admit that I've actually listened probably to more episodes of Marin's podcast than than any besides uh, Comedy Bang Bang. I know this is hard to to, to take in. No, it's yeah. fine because we're reaching out to Marin. We're burying the hatchet, and I think it's good that you were the first one to you know put out you a know, hand there and say, you know what, I like the show. We were we were playing tough. We were acting cool. We we're acting yeah. like cool kids. Wanted all of our, our listeners to think that we were tough and we weren't scared of the big boys, but um, no, I'm I'm I am okay with that because we're gonna we're gonna bury the hatchet with Mark, you know, yeah. Mark. It's okay, all is forgiven on our end, and I think that you and I could really and Dylan could really um, come together and figure out what we're gonna do about Conan. Yeah, absolutely. I Mark, if if you're listening, and I know you are. Um, fly us out man we'll we'll come we'll have dinner we'll, we'll talk we'll come we'll, to we'll, the garage we'll come to the garage we'll we'll be on the show you and dylan could play a song we could play a song i, could I know play a song i also we could all three of us we could jam we could jam all right Mark, and i think this would be good i think this is what your career needs i i, I absolutely think that that's true because my career is obviously going to need help after this podcast releases i was talking to mark Marin when i said that 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, me too. Okay. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah, me too. Okay. I, was absolutely, I was absolutely still talking to Mark. That was not a plea to you for help. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, Mark, help us out, and we'll help you out. Okay. Um, so do you want to do, like, the rest of the show? That's true. There are There are two segments we've not done yet. Yeah. Do you want to do the show? Yeah, let's do the show. Let's finish our show. Okay. We can do that other show that we were just doing uh, uh, after. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Belly of the Beast... How That's many, the movie we watched. How many uh, years you gonna set in Stephen for? Okay, yeah, we're just gonna jump right in. Uh, Stephen, Belly of the Beast. Uh, I mean, 20, is there anything else? Twenty twenty nine. Twenty nine. Yep, twenty nine years. Okay. Um, <laughs> you got like a reason. Um, it just felt right. Okay. It's just what it's just what came out came out off the dome. Uh, this is a podcast built on improvisation, mm-hmm. and um, and and that's what that's what came out of me at that moment. As opposed to most podcasts where people just uh, or it's scripted from it's start, scripted to finish. start to finish. Absolutely. Just like just like uh, Conan O'Brien's shitty podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, burn him. <laughs> um, Pulling no punches now, Conan. Yeah. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to say about Belly of the Beast in general? Um, I, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I think, I think Belly of the Beast just is what it is, man. It's, it's every other Seagal movie with one incredibly surreal scene where a bunch of, uh, monks are praying or chanting to, uh, stop an, an evil, uh, ma- magician from killing Steven Seagal with a voodoo doll, which is unbelievable. And, and, um, and unfortunately, and still not quite as uh, it, it entertaining as the way you described it made it sound. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's nowhere near enough to revive uh, this movie. So, yeah. um, I'm going to go 50 years. This felt like that <laughs> from you. This, this yeah. felt like a day where you were going to go all out. Yeah, couldn't really do it this week. Um, you got to go hard when Exit Wounds really threw you a tough one. So it I'm did. gonna do it too. Yep. So we are looking at Stephen's current sentence as two consecutive life sentences plus six hundred and sixty-three years. Damn, man. Um, we got we got so close to the uh, we got so close to the six 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 there, man. Where we we just missed out. That's true. Um, and there's no way we're gonna hit that number next week. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Out of reach. Our twentieth episode. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll be feeling Our a little laxed. Episode spectacular. We'll give them a year and a half a piece. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you want to do like uh, the the trivia? You you know you know that's a that is a segment from our show, and this is our show as oh, far as I w- know. Wow, this is our show. Yeah, Unless um, this has been a secret episode of uh, Hunk Chat. Well, we haven't talked about one hunk. Mark. Mark Marin. Mark's a hunk. A hunk. Um, Bonafide. A bonafide hunk. I do believe that last week I insisted Nolan could beat him in a fight. I do want to clarify. I was doing a bit. I know that Mark understands that. I know he gets it. Mm -hmm. I do not believe it. Um, well, this is this is Mark's type of thing. You know, Mark's fine with this. He he's heard he's heard a little shock humor in his life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's got no problem with it. He's, he's one with the art of comedy just the same way that we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd say that we're on equal playing fields there. So, yeah, he understands. Yeah. So last week we said 
uh, for Out for a Kill. After seeing 2002's Spider-Man, Steven Seagal stalled filming for several days because he refused to shoot the barbershop fight until production found someone who could actually crawl on walls, and then in quotes, like Spidey. Um, this has been approved and has been up there for two weeks now. Um, I think it really highlights how fucking insane this is. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like that the trivia continues to get worse and worse each week. Mm -hmm. Um, and they just let it happen. They let it happen. They don't care. Nobody's going to read it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so it's cool. It's fine. Uh, you know, you know what I strive for one day? You know what the best thing that could ever come from this podcast is? Mm-hmm. As if, I, I don't know if IMDb writes the usernames of people who contribute the, the trivia. Do they do that? I No, they do not. Okay. Well, I would like uh, for one day, Steven's forum friends to make a forum post about how they're suspicious trivia on each of his IMDb movies. And if that were to ever happen, this would have all been worth it. I agree. I think that would be good. Um so for belly of the beast not a lot of trivia as it's going to be now um but supposedly and the word supposedly is in this trivia and this is another one that could just be from another steven seagal podcast that we're competing against for that podcast of the year title yep uh but supposedly the director filmed much of the action scenes without steven seagal opting to film seagal's shots last but conflict arose when Seagal insisted on filming his shots in a way that wouldn't accommodate the existing footage. Uh, supposedly the director left the set, taking his stunt crew with him and welcoming Seagal to finish the scene himself. This infuriated the producers who convinced Seagal to go along with the director's approach. I, I believe that. That sounds, that sounds pretty much in line with what everything else we've learned about our, mm-hmm. uh, our great nemesis, Steven Seagal. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, a production designer, Trevor Murray, who the movie is dedicated to at the end, um, he died, and this is according to the IMDb trivia, died suddenly during production. Um, I did try and figure out how he died. Could find nothing about it except uh, he died of natural causes. That's it. Um a little suspicious to me a little concerning but i didn't want to dig too much into it because i don't know what connections steven has yeah we're not we're not ready to throw out any uh wild accusations yeah it's fine on um, today's show yeah not yet anyway yeah that's gonna be next week's show that'll yeah. be the 20th anniversary um i did also want to say uh what imdb like little category thing like the trivia they have like goofs and the goofs are always like steven fired 10 shots before he changed his clip but this type of gun only holds seven um but one of them is called crazy credits and the somebody put under crazy credits for this movie in loving memory of our friend trevor murray oh uh uh, yeah Hmm. not that crazy to me but yeah anyway um okay you know what rest in peace trevor murray yeah all right do you want to do uh like our own trivia to Whoa. it and add it and see if maybe like it like gets approved you know what yes i think that that could be an award-winning segment all right have you created a theme song yet for the trivia section was i supposed to uh well i mean i not i i never said anything about it i just 
<laughs> sort of as, you know, I thought you felt like it was right. Yeah, well, I did. All right, so here it goes. Yeah, I'm really proud of how that one turned out. Yeah, it was uh, almost as good as the ones that I did. Yeah, um, absolutely. All right, so what what are you thinking? Um, I feel like I'm in. I, I feel like this episode has driven me insane in a different way than the Exit Wounds one did. Um, so I have just already typed out Steven Seagal's feet hurt. <laughs> um, I think that's a great. I think that's a great way to come into this thing. All right. Um, well, I, I, I started it. Yeah. So Steven Seagal's feet hurt. Um, Steven Seagal's feet hurt. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. They're bleeding. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> do you think this is it do you think this is the one <laughs> the one for what like like the, the episode that just <laughs> oh is this the one yeah oh wow i hadn't even thought of it like that maybe you know what the only way we'll be able to know is is when we get in here next week yeah okay i don't know if we could if we're, I don't know if we're quite there yet. We, you're, we, saying, you're saying we got we got to save that one for later. Yeah, or at least save the energy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, could, that's that's for a week where we can, where we don't have it. Yeah. Um, what if like Steven Seagal forgot to wear shoes during filming? Okay. And they had to keep taking breaks. So we're going back on the Steven doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Uh, uh, well, what else are we gonna do? We're either gonna do that, or we're gonna do something like um, I don't know. Steven had a hard time shooting this movie because he didn't have a daughter, and kept insisting he didn't have a daughter, much to the dismay of his daughter. <laughs> Which is also good. I think we've kind of gone down that route before as well. Yeah, we could do. Um, I don't know. They had to keep trying to shoot the scene where he moves along on the little cart. They had to keep trying to do it over and over again because he kept breaking through the wooden carts. Yeah, we could do. Um, Stephen was very mad about the new metal track that had been put into the fight scenes and said, "Quote: I don't know why they don't just ask me to write these fucking songs." Okay, so you we actually I like that one. I like that you touched on something we haven't really delved into yet. Yeah, which is Stephen's relationship to the new metal. Yeah, this is very true. We have not messed with this at all. What what does Stephen think about the new metal? I feel like does he like it? Does he hate it? I mean, I think we know he likes blues music, and so it's not musically going to be really his thing. Very true. But I could see him being like, you know, it's not for me, but I I get it. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. He he gets where the energy's coming from. Yeah, he gets the energy. Um don't really know where we could take it from there yeah um where where could we where could we take it what is what is steven seagal and new metal where, where are we where are we going with that <clears throat> i still like the idea of his feet hurt yeah <laughs> yeah i mean I, I think we had a pretty great reaction to the steven's feet hurting thing 
Yeah. Um, so we could do like Steven Seagal's feet hurt so bad during filming. Period. Um. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, geez. I think this is the one. <laughs> yeah. I think this is definitely the one. Yeah, I don't know why we're trying to fight it, man. You just got to let it happen. Oh, God. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just have... Um, Steven Seagal's feet hurt so bad during filming he kept crying. <laughs> um. When reached for comments, Seagal said, Why won't they give me shoes? <laughs> yeah. Um. <clears throat> what do you think? You know what? <laughs> it's up to you. It's it's uh, it, it's it's up to you. I think that that one's great. I think that uh, Steven Seagal's feet hurt. Oh my god, they're bleeding. Is also good uh, because you know that one's like a collab effort. But it's it's up to you because the one you've come up with is is is, is very very good. So I uh, I really I have. Uh, you put I me in no... a weird spot there, be with the first one, being like, I think it's really good. You know, I got to contribute, but the one you did completely on your own is fine too. Well, I'm just saying, you know, it's a collaborative podcast. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but, no, but that's... I'm just, I'm just being an asshole just to be one. So, uh... no, all right, let's do it. Steven no. Seagal's feet hurt so bad. Comma. Well, now, oh my now... god, they're bleeding. <laughs> well, you know, now the po- now the fans of the show are going to be like, Dylan, I liked the second one better. Why do you have to? Why do you have to put the? You know all this Dylan influence in there. All so right. we're not doing either. We're going to stay here until <laughs> yeah, we find we're gonna one. Stay here until we get it again. We're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to say, um, <laughs> we're going to say Steven Seagal's feet hurt. And then you and I are going to count down, uh, uh, three, two, one go. And then we're going to say, uh, something at the same time. And then we're going to make both of them the, the end of the sentence. <clears throat> Um, no, no matter what comes out. Okay. You know what? I don't like that plan. Let's not do it. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Man. <clears throat> you ever think about how we just don't have to do any of this? Yeah, but then... But then we would never have found out about the potty awards. That's true. And it's all going to be worth it when we're up on that stage. Getting our first potty. Yeah, get. <laughs> Uh, no masks yeah um okay. just diapies no <laughs> yeah um S- steven seagal's feet hurt because why why does feet hurt dylan <laughs> why does feet hurt um uh because um there's holes in all of his socks okay steven seagal's feet hurt because they're are holes in all of his socks. Um, I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't have to be it. <laughs> well, we have to do something. 
Just come up with yours. Um. All right, Steven Seagal. Um, got his first Palm Pilot during filming, and kept showing it off to co-stars. He was so proud of it until he dropped it during shooting and it broke on his foot (laughs) yeah (laughs) and now his feet hurt that is why his feet hurt (laughs) all right i like that that one's really good i think i think we pushed ourselves until we really got the one that was gonna work If this one is approved, by, I think I think that there is a 99.9% chance it will be approved. Mm-hmm. But if it is still up next week, I will go insane. Arguably already have... Um, you want to wrap this up? I mean, is it even worth like going into how we're feeling? I think that this is the one. We always talked about when it was just going to become too much. Yeah, and it I was think, this one. I think it was absolutely this one. I think Exit Wounds was a little, a little, a little taste. Mm-hmm. But I think this is really the one where we just uh, went off the rails. Yeah, everything went wrong this week. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Want to thank Talk Film Society. Yeah. For maybe have I? I <laughs> there's a little part of me that wonders if it's gonna reach a point where uh, they're gonna realize what they've done, and yeah. if um, we're recording at this point. Yeah, we might be back to direct to DVD. Uh, you right. know, we'll we'll have to be releasing these on our own. Oh yeah, absolutely. We're gonna be going to the listeners' houses one by one and just putting a little bird CD in their mailbox. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm kind of just waiting. I mean, um, as of this recording, still absolutely nothing has been released. Yeah, and um, I'm just sort of waiting for them to realize what um, what they've our done. Our show is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what our show is. What we've done feel like we're like uh tricking somebody <laughs> yeah yeah i mean like i don't like know how to tell people about this show i haven't really told anybody <laughs> yeah i've For like told my part. roommate i've like told my roommate basically yeah um I, sh- I i think really the last time i like really explained it to my girlfriend was um focusing more on how the show is about how much we hate doing the show <laughs> Yeah, and, and um, she was she didn't understand anything about that. She didn't understand why we would do that. Or um, well, <clears throat> that that would indicate that maybe we understand why we do it. You know, masochism. Like, well, yeah, yeah, masochism. I basically, yeah. Um, well. Thanks for listening. Thanks, yeah. Sincere thanks to Talk Film Society. Um, I don't think I'm tricking anybody. I'm I'm pretty upfront that our podcast is insane, um, and, it's and it would nonsense. be insane for anyone to listen to it. Yeah, but if you do, thank you. Yeah, we do really appreciate it if you do listen to this. And we're not uh, we're not judging you for listening to it. We're just surprised. Yeah. Um. Let's see. <laughs> uh. So hashtag hey mark come on steven destroy podcast 
And then there's patreon.com slash talkfilmsociety. And then there's our email, stevendestroypodcast at gmail.com. And then you can give us five stars on iTunes. Um, I'm like counting off on my fingers here, all these things, but I think yeah. I got it. You want to do a shout out for our uh, wonderful artwork? Arguably the most professional thing about this show. Yeah. Uh, the only good part of Steven Destroy is brought to you uh, by uh, our good friend Michelle Goldchain of uh, Art Explained uh, on uh, the channel Downhill Media on YouTube. Uh, please watch their content, it's much better than ours. Yes, it is. As is just about everything on the Talk Film Society podcast network. If we are still on it at this time, uh, it is an honor to be a part of it. Genuinely. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. You want to you wanna take us home? I think that's it, right? We've done everything we do on this show. Yeah. Uh, and, and the last thing I'll say here uh, before I, I sign off with my famous award-winning sign-off is uh, if I've learned anything from, from watching Steven Seagal movies, it's that I don't even have to do a good Steven Seagal impression uh, to be considered uh, doing a good enough one to be in his movies. Yeah, uh, just as, for this one, do an impression of the guy doing the Steven ADR. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> Thanks for listening, motherfuckers. Why don't you take your lively chubby ass and get the fuck off my car? I'm starting to get scared. I'm starting to get scared. Get the fuck out of here. We have a problem. Steven started ad-libbing. I guess that means I won't get to see you go through puberty. I will snatch every motherfucker birthday. <laughs>